Welcome to the CTC Podcast, where Chase Minifield, Dom Joseph, and Bill French discuss life lessons they have learned as young entrepreneurs in the business world. Join them as they debate current events, business topics, and enjoy a few laughs with their weekly guests. And now for today's show. What up, what up? Here we are with another episode of the CTC Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Minifield. We got multi-million dollar Max on the line. What's good? What up, world? How y'all doing today? And we got duct tape Dom Joe on the line. What's good? Hey, man. I feel good, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to keep it real, world. We had some technical difficulties, man. So hopefully we can play the original intro. You know what I'm saying? But hey, I feel good. What's up? The original intro, man. But uh, hey, Dom Joe, man, go ahead and introduce our guest uh, for this Who's Where episode. Today, I am very honored to say that we have a special guest on the line. From UVA, another Who's Where edition. Uh, she ran track. She is now currently in the process of getting her master's in acting. And she is an elected board member for the Alumni Club of UVA in New York, Janelle Clayton. What up, what up? <laughs> hey, thanks for the intro, Dom, and thanks, guys, for having me. It's going to be a good time. Of course, we're excited. We're excited. So let's go ahead and get right into this. Oh, first of all, before we get started, I haven't said this in a while. Make sure you go subscribe, leave comments, rate us five stars. If you don't got five stars for it, give us four. If it's anything less than four, don't rate us. All right. We try to go ahead and get our uh, our ratings up and our comments up and move up this board. Young, young, um, three young entrepreneurs, black entrepreneurs trying to just do right, man, provide a positive environment for everybody to come together and learn from each other. So, nothing else being said, Janelle, do you listen to this podcast or or no? It's okay. You can be honest. Well, you know, it's a shame I didn't know the podcast existed until Dom reached out to me. So, I think we have a little bit more work to do to get the word out, which I'm excited to help you all with. Yeah, we definitely going to have to get that. I thought our outreach was better than that, especially in the UVA community. But hey, you know what I'm saying? If, if you can't look into the mirror, then you can't learn from yourself, straight up. So, Janelle, <laughs> uh, go ahead and give us your background. Go ahead and give us your background and tell us, like, you know, where you're from, born, raised, how you got to UVA, your track career, what you studied at UVA, everything from pre-UVA to your experience at UVA. Um, take as long or as little time as you want. Okay, thanks. So I am born and raised in, well, I was born in Brooklyn, raised in Rockland County, New York. So with suburbs, um, and from there, I um, was on the track and field team at my high school, came into UVA doing being a high jumper and doing a whole bunch of other things at UVA. Um, in my fourth year, I took a quick leave of absence to intern in New York since I had like some extra creds and I came back to um, graduate with my incoming class in 2013. So I did 2009 to 2013, like maybe 3.5 years. Um, And I guess culturally background, I'm Panamanian. And now I live in the Bronx for the past, oh my gosh, maybe five years. Uh, I can't believe it, but now it's, I'm excited that I'm an elected board member of the UVA Club of New York. So it's um, our alumni association up north. So that's really fun. And 
we have like a lot of good events and I'm excited to be able to see, um, we have some more diverse voices in our classes coming out. And then also, so I'm excited to see that you guys have this podcast because it's perfect that I would love to have our club know about it. And then also in ads, I work in ads for Facebook. So whatever you guys need, I'm here for you. Um, so now, yeah, I have always been more in the marketing advertising space and I'm excited to continue kicking up my acting chops and I want to pursue it full time within, um, getting my master's. Um, something recently that was exciting is I was in black Klansman and that just won an Oscar for screenplay. So that was really fun. Um, and yeah, this weekend, yeah, I just started working and I did a music video for Carlos Santana. So it's, yeah, I love acting. It's a really fun, good time. I think everyone should try it. Everyone should try acting. You know, let me just tell you a little bit about my acting experience. I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast, but when I was in elementary school, I had a simple role, very few lines, and it scarred me for the, oh, and it scarred me for the rest of my life. Uh, I was the eagle. I can't remember the play name, but I was the eagle. I didn't have too many words. All I had to do was go flap my arms, go stand on this box, and recite it to the crowd. You know what I'm saying? Boy, I studied them lines for for 48, 72 hours. Something crazy. Okay. No, no, I knew them in and out. I knew those lines in and out, man. I got up on that stage and couldn't, and couldn't get nothing out. <laughs> it couldn't get nothing out, man. So, hey, after that, I realized everything's not for everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, everything's not for everybody. No, I get that. I get that. But the thing is, I think acting is amazing because... One, it's a great school to have, whether you're going in for presentations or maybe you got to lie to someone for some time. It's honestly just like a really good skill to have. And also, I just feel like there's it's such a really great way to storytelling. So as, you know, a black female single in New York City, I'm writing my own shorts about our whole our whole just being a black woman in New York City and how it's changing so fast. So, you know, if I need to call, I'm definitely going to audition you. So I hope you, you accept. I mean, I, I ain't scared. I don't, I don't, I don't take, I don't, I don't deny any challenges. You feel me? So mm-hmm. uh, I'll mm-hmm. definitely be there now performance wise. I don't know what I got for you, but I'm going to show up. So um, this is, you know, you said something very interesting when you originally said that. And I've never heard mm-hmm. that before. I've never heard of somebody going to do an internship while they're, uh, you know, an athlete at a school. That's very that's mm-hmm. very rare for us, and we we always talk about athletes transitioning or the the college yeah. the college um, the NCAA or your college coaches or your college experience bettering that experience to help with professional development. So, and we don't think we have that opportunity. That's kind of been our argument on this podcast is we don't think we're we have that opportunity to to develop professionally because we play sports. So, how did that come about with you going to do an internship and choosing to do that over you know track and you know, all those different types of things like that. Was there any pushback from coaches, from players when you came back? Was they receptive? Like, give me that experience. Cause just from my, from the outside looking in, I don't think we could have pulled that off at all. Dom Joe, Max, you think we could have did that? No, nah, we didn't even have enough time in the summer. Most athletes have, you know, two, three months off. Even if you want to get one, we had a top two week off, maybe two and a half weeks off. Maybe no company's going to waste their time and, you know, give you a two week internship. By the time you figure out what to do, you're leaving. Yeah, and the thing is, it's like if we could, we were probably like allowed to do that and miss some practice time if we like push the limit. But then you don't want to get looked at by your teammates and and your coaches differently and all that either. 
Yeah. yeah, you're allowed to do that, but you're also allowed to not play. Exactly. You also allow for us to clean. You also allow for us to clean your lockout. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> Janelle, Janelle, go ahead and tell us about your experience um, doing that and why you decided to do it and what the what the reception was or the uh, reaction was from your teammates, coaches, etc. Of course, no. Uh, that's a really great and important question. I'm glad you posed it because. I feel like from at least my personal journey from school, I mean, like high school going into college, I went, you know, grew up in the North here in New York and coming down to what is South to me. I know a lot of people say Virginia is not South, but it's super South to me, uh, at least from my experience. Um, I just wasn't, I wasn't very happy. I really was super unhappy. I didn't really like the reception, just even personal receptions that I had within like the athlete community. And then also, um, I knew that I wanted to go to a massive school and I wanted to be able to graduate and be able to get a job in high school. I was never allowed to have a job because track was my job and we're working towards getting a scholarship and having that paid for, which is a you know better investment than, you know, me trying to work retail or ice cream shop, which is great. But I understand from my parents' point of view, it was like, if you really want to make it and help out this family, you're going to focus on this. Um, so realizing that I just felt like I wasn't growing and just knowing that I need to graduate from this place, leave this bubble and enter real world and hopefully get a job. It wasn't, I just didn't feel like I was preparing and sports wise, it, it kind of felt like at least with track, cause I was on high jump. So you're practicing so many hours a week. We probably have maybe 20 hours. I think, I think if I count like maybe about 20 hours total, and then you have study hall, you have nutritionist, you live with these people, you eat with these people, you, ha- you're doing so much, but at the same time you realize like there's some very few moments that you have to build your own personal identity. And it's, as large as a school of University of Virginia is in Charlottesville, it seems like by square mile, like mileage and then also population, it felt very, um, I felt very suffocated and isolated at the same time. I had a hard time finding my own community. And I, what I did was I took a leave of absence to hopefully be able to find a job because you know, opportunities are, there's 20,000 of us on grounds and it's only so many internships available because I definitely tried. So what I did was I had an internship for the summer, an offer. And what I did was I, um, kind of pushed it off to accept that offer for that fall. And I went back to New York, lived at home and commuted to go back and forth to the city to intern at the Colbert report, which was, um, a comedy central show at the time. And, it that experience and that me gambling on myself gave me that leg up to be able to find better employment leaving college. And it still took me a time. It's not like I was 100% in a great job afterwards, but I really felt like I needed to take a risk to show future employers that they can bet on me as well. Um, and that's where my confidence came from because, um, of course we all talk about leadership skills and we talk about, um, discipline with being an athlete because it definitely is a whole lot of a different experience than someone who's, you know, just 
straight starting to become a lawyer or studying, I don't know, mathematics or something. But, um, I think that showing that I could take that risk is what gave my resume a boost. And also I just keep in mind, I never had a job ever in my entire life. So I definitely didn't want to leave college as 20, what at 20, I think I was with nothing on my resume. So it came out of fear. And then also just like a confidence thing of like, I need to get it started. And for this, um, um, part of the team wise, I ended up completely having to, you know, take a full leave from the team and full leave from the university as well to do that. Interesting. So what was the reception when you came back? Was mm-hmm. it like, Hey, I hope, how, how did it go? Was everybody cool and all that stuff like that? So for me, when I came back, so I took it the fall, I could have I could have done it the summer before my falls, my full last year, but I took it during the fall. So I had, I did it so that way I could graduate with my friends <laughs> with the, our class during the spring. So at least I have some months turning up, taking like fluff classes just for fun. Um, and it did feel weird because it's like, wow, I missed like how many months of memories with these people. Um, And it took a while to get back into the swing of like, oh, I have to go to class. And I, you know, this person's dating this. But um, it was, it felt weird in a different isolating way of like, oh, wow, I missed a lot. Like them visiting me in New York wasn't enough. Um, But it was worth it. I think people were, at least some of my friends were like really interested and excited. And some visited me in New York during that time. But um, I think some people understood like why I did it. And it was like the people who I was already really close with, I was in contact with the whole time. So those who actually mattered completely understood and were really um, super That's what's supportive. Up. You know, when you, when you mentioned that, you know, you left and you came back and relationships done changed. I'm not going to ask any detailed questions about where that stemmed from. But I, I you know what I'm saying? I ain't going to ask no question where that stemmed from, but I might have some ideas. But um also, <laughs> I think you're going in the wrong way about it. I mean, when you leave, like, cause college is such a bubble and you see these people all the time, you live with them. And so when you remove yourself for maybe four months and like go to work and really yeah. completely buckle down, uh, it's those fringe, not, I don't want to say fringe people, but it's the people that you see maybe every once in a while in class or you run into the, like, in the, in like a, a dining hall, they're like, Oh, Hey, what's up? And you talk about like light things. Those are the friendships that weren't as strong, but the people who I speak to all the time, or I still know, or who visit me here in the Bronx and Harlem, it didn't matter. It, we were still in contact. They came to visit me. It's those relationships that were really important to me stayed intact. It's the ones that you see like, Oh, I think we had a seminar together. It's like, Oh, you've been away for five months. Okay, it's whatever. Congratulations! Right, right. <laughs> you know so, you see them on graduation day. This is the second time. So this is the second right. time that. So last episode we had Oday on Odea Bushi. He's from Brooklyn, and he said that when he got oh, here, it was a different Oday. experience, a weird experience because of coming from the New York environment. So he had like a year that he had to feel like, you know, he had to try mm-hmm. to get Charlottesville a chance. So, I mean, I guess that that's a that's a real situation coming from a big city. Yep. I mean, I didn't come from a big city. I came from. Lexington, Kentucky, which is almost just oh a little God. bit bigger than Charlottesville. And uh, so it wasn't that big of an adjustment for me. But mm-hmm. I can see that just talking to you or hearing your experience and then hearing his experience that, you know, the New York transition down to Charlottesville must have been a real one. 
Yeah, it was, it was kind of shocking in a different, in a, just in a different way. Um, because of course when you're touring, it's like, Oh my God, it's so diverse and it's so this and that, which yeah, of course catalogs seem great. And, um, it just checked off the basic things I wanted from a school. Like I wanted a really academically challenging school. I was really strict with myself in high school, honestly. Like I went to sleep probably like every day for 4 a.m. and took a bunch of APs in my fourth year for no reason. Um, that's just kind of always the mentality I had. So that's, I like that Charlottesville kind of brought that, like brought that kind of rigor into life. And um, that's like just honestly, because I'm being nerd about it that way. But I... It was very different of like, wow, I really dropped myself off here and <laughs> this is what it is. Um, yeah, it was really interesting. And like the whole racial part of it was definitely really shocking. And I can be honest with that. That was like a different level <laughs> that I was not anticipating at all. I mean, it, well, who thinks from about that at 17, we definitely you know? think about it. <laughs> I didn't think about it. I came from (laughs) New York, which is like, you know, when people think of like the world or whatever you call it, mental pot, it's like melting pot. That's where I came from. So I didn't really think about it. (laughs) So go ahead and let everybody know know what you did after college and how how you got to what you're doing currently. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then I'll go ahead and let Dom, Joe, and Max ask any questions they might have before we get into our topic of the day. Okay. They can grill me. Um, so after graduation, um, I went into like the film and TV industry working in, um, like the production house. So not in front of the camera behind it. So I was more like in the production assistant world. I was doing a lot of that. And in 2013 after graduation, cause I always had like a feeling that I wanted to be more on the art side, but you know, going to a school, I just felt like I need to go to med school. And then I thought I was going to law school and I, worked as a, a, a law clerk as well. Um, finally graduating, what I did was like, I was working, but also saving money so I could pay for acting classes. And that's how I kind of got started. Actually classes were so expensive in New York. I had to, my parents paid half and then I paid half because it was like, again, I had never worked a paying job. It was, that was just kind of where I was coming from. So after working a production assistant for a year, it wasn't really affording my acting classes. So I started working as, um, an assistant and then working in ads for bloomingdales.com, like from the big department store. Um, after that, I went to a start for a year, which is still in the e-com world. And then after that I was recruited and worked at Google and now at Facebook and at Facebook from 2017, um, until now. And that's where my career has been on the I don't want to say academic, but more on the like technical marketing side, like the tech I've been in like tech, like tech ad world for a bit. Um, and still always working for acting at night and on weekends, because that's, I think it's really important for everyone to have like their honest passion point. Like, honestly, like if you want to meet people and have fun and nerd out about things, it's always like movies and TV is what is really exciting and then, um, you know, being able to talk about representation, which is really cool. Um, and one of the big products I work on, I have a talk show, um, called the T where we talk about books by black, um, black authors, but also about how those lessons, um, all those contemporary works kind of work into the political 
and cultural sphere that we live in currently within, of course, New York City, but as a nation, also nationwide. So those are the major products I've been working on. Awesome. Dom, Joe, Max, what y'all got? Max, you can go first. (laughs) Dom always makes me go first. uh, You don't really ever have any any good. I have a lot. Uh I haven't heard Max. I haven't heard Max since we went to life. You think he's sleeping? You think he's taking an episode off, Dom Joe? Yeah, he might be taking the episode <laughs> off over there, man. Man, I've been letting her speak, Dom. Can I, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to learn to listen. I know you're not very good at it, but um, every every once in a while, you got to learn to listen. So, Janelle, first of all, congratulations on Black Klansman. That's actually pretty cool. Thank you. It was really fun. Nice. So, I guess just take me through or, or kind of tell the visitors, you know, what it took for you to make that decision because... I don't know a better way to put it, but a lot of people feel like they're letting their team down if they leave. I know track's kind of a little bit different. It's more of a kind of an individual sport, whereas, you know, when you leave, somebody else might just do the your event. Um, but other sports, you know, if you lose your starting quarterback or, or, you know, your main scorer in basketball, it might hurt the team a little bit more. But just kind of what you were thinking and, and how you went about, I guess, telling people that, you know, basically you're going to, to better yourself because you don't feel like college prepared you for the future? Um, no, that's an awesome question. So yeah, I think I don't doubt that college and higher academia can, can, you know, prepare you for some careers. I think of course, you know, if you're going to med school or like law school or something, but I wasn't sure where I was going. And I realized that I wanted to go to the arts, which isn't exactly usually It isn't exactly a space where you need, let's say, like a PhD to succeed. You know, sometimes people go straight from high school. So I felt like I was behind a bit. And then your point of how it felt like leaving a team, I didn't feel like I was abandoning. And also because track is such an individual sport, unless you're on a relay. And at UVA, I didn't run. I was actually really passionate about (laughs) not running. I'm just needed to only focus on jumps. And so for that, it didn't feel like I was leaving anyone except it's leaving or putting a part of myself and identity on a back burner. Um, Track, at least I'm not sure if everyone is, but how track is, is that within a track meet is that if you, you know, win first place, there's a certain amount of points and second, third, and so on. And so if you're one of the top scorers then that, like that way, that's how you win a me, but I didn't really feel like it's the world, the world is going to shatter if I don't continue track. It was a really hard decision. It was more of like a financial decision of, do I want to leave, you know, leave a team because I'm forfeiting my scholarship and then also leaving, um, college overall, because that's also, that's also a gamble, right. Of like, am I leaving and then coming back or am I just leaving forever? Um, That was more of what I was, that was more of like a really large decision and talk with my parents rather than like the track part, because then it was like real life implications. <laughs> I was like, so you're just going to go to college, like, see so you, especially like I'm first generation. So it's like, we came all this way through our first daughter. You are going to this great school and then you're going to come back and be an actress like that. That's what you want to do. Um, 
So, yeah, I felt like it wasn't an abandonment thing with the team. It was more of a like real life implication of, okay, if you don't do well with this, what are you going to do? And are you going to get a degree? And if you don't, what are you going to (laughs) do? All right. I think that one thing that I want everybody that I work with and everybody that works for me, I always preach be proactive. Um, there's this book called Seven Habits for Highly Effective Teens and, and uh, or for Highly Effective People. And my one of my teachers in college had had us read it in high school. And that's like the one big thing that um, stuck out for me. In that book, it's called "Be Proactive," and the way you took control of your future like that, and just didn't sit back and just let school ride out. Um, that takes a lot of courage, and I applaud that a lot. Um, number two, the question. Well, I got a couple questions, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I think thanks for no, thanks for saying that. That's like it's. Um, I'm definitely gonna look at that book, but it's. Yeah, it was a hard decision, and it's cool to be able to reflect with you guys about that because it's something I haven't thought about in a while. You realize how many things you bury in the abyss of your mind, so it's cool to be able to bring that up, and especially, Dom, like you, you've seen me throughout those years, so it's cool to be able to talk about it of like things that I was assessing over but couldn't exactly. verbalize at the time. Exactly, and I had no clue like you were even going through this. I thought you were just a little Janelle in the track. But, um, <laughs> you know, the quiet nerd one <laughs> yeah man but also I feel like right now you're probably out of all of our UVA guests man what I want to hear what you sum up your UVA experience like did, would you would you say it was positive would you say it was a like a bad time or would you say it was a good learning experience like how do you sum up your UVA experience because I feel like you got more to say that you ain't you know what I'm saying you ain't really jumping off the ledge with how you really feel about the UVA experience so I need you to delve into that I'm not yeah there's always there's a lot that I can say like so much <laughs> I have a few black girlfriends from UVA who also live up here um in Harlem and whenever we get together and we do brunch it it's funny that a lot of the conversations come back to UVA and a lot of the conversations come back to um treatment within when you're putting so many I guess young men and young women I can't say men and well because everyone's like a different age range right so it's like you can have 17 year olds in undergrad and you can have like 40 year olds in law school so you when you're putting so many people in like such a tight space, you realize that there are just certain personalities that are going to strengthen or um, wave off a bit. And what we realized, what was scary, because of course I have to reiterate, I'm from the North and my perception of the South was very different in that when I came to UVA, I learned I was black. I always knew I was black. Like, of course I get that. Like whatever you want to call me, African-American, Afro-Latina, Panamanian, I accept all of it. It's fine. I just, you know, I just say, I just say I'm a black person, but I learned what it meant to be black in that 
my neighborhood growing up was predominantly white. Like we were the probably only black people on the street. And my dad owned our house for now, like close to 40 years. And going to UVA was like, wow, people really don't like me because of what I look like. That was so shocking to me because I always knew like racism exists, but not like to this point of, wow, you really don't want to sit next to me. <laughs> like to the point that it's almost like comical in your mind. But when you're sitting there at like 17, 18 and like really trying to figure out who your, your identity and, um, that was shocking. I know I was walking my first year. I was actually walking with someone who was also black. And it's just an experience that pointed out to me that by, what is it? Oh, Hill, you know, the, the dining hall. Yeah, it's Oh, Hill. Yeah. I'm definitely disconnected. Ones. Okay. <laughs> yeah, come on now. Oh, right. Oh, Hill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's, that's the main one. Yeah. Well, no, there's oh, some, it depends what dorm you have. Yeah. That's true. There's Newcomb up like up the hill by old dorms and by Brown. Yeah, anybody worried about that's that? That's true. Yeah, so I never What? Newcomb oh, right okay. Okay. So <laughs> had, I guess also because most a lot of athletes were by New Dorms. So I had New Dorms and by Oak Hill, there was a lot of construction my year, two thousand nine. So it was like all muddy and there's like one little like sidewalk. And I was walking with my friend who's black girl. And there are two white guys coming towards us. And so I'm just walking. And what I did was like, you know, expecting them to go to single file and then us to do a single file. Instead of like getting in front of me or behind me, my friend got off the sidewalk and walked in the mud. And the white guys I could see before, like one said something to the other. She got off the sidewalk and I turned around and they were laughing. And I got so mad. And I'm not a, a, an angry person. I was like, why did you do that? She's like, because there's not enough room. I said, do not ever do that again. I can't yell. I can't yell where I am. But we got the point. I was so furious because I, in my, yeah, in my mind of like, why would you get off a sidewalk and walk in the mud like that? But she was more like, she was a southerner and she's like, what's the big deal? And to me, it was like, not that that's everyone, but for her, it was kind of like, and we've had different conversations. She's like, she's just like things that you just don't fight about. Like, it's just not worth the awkwardness. And it, it was just like, I might push wild, a myself. <laughs> it was a wild thing of, I cannot believe this. There are times of like, of course you're going out to parties with other friends or, you know, at UVA, there's like, of course, like every house, like, oh, there's a track house, there's a football house, there's like lacrosse, and they, they have their own like little parties, like on a Saturday or something, or at least try to with what we can. Um, but like, there's frats, and they're like, only one of you, because there's too many. Like, there are too many black girls within your group, and there's four of us. Like, literally, just explicitly saying that, I was like, I think I've landed in the wrong planet. <laughs> um, so how did that shape you moving forward, though? Like, um, did it build, like, how much did, yeah. it, did, it build, did it build any resentment? Like, you know, how, how does it shape you? How does it shape you move forward? That's a good question. Um, it made me a. Um, sorry, I keep hearing myself echoing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think going, at least leaving a UVA, like as I would like to say, I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it made me a lot more, I think, vigilant 
in how people are treating each other and of course how people are treating me and you can feel how people you can feel how people feel about you can sense how people feel with you without having them explicitly say anything that's not something i felt before leaving to go to virginia and it's a really palpable feeling of seeing that it's not just me. It's like, I feel like there's some other people who have maybe similar experiences or can have a sense of what I'm trying to illustrate. But, um, it's a weird feeling of like, do I want to go back down to Charlottesville? I haven't been in years because it's just such a, it's Charlottesville is a weird microcosm for the United States of like, we can love that culture and like they can have, they're having Cardi B like perform in Charlottesville in a couple of months. But then at the same time, it's like, well, this girl doesn't want me to be her, her roommate because I'm black. It's like a really weird, it's like this perfect microcosm of like what the United States is like. And I feel like that I wouldn't, I would have such a different experience if I like just went to NYU or Cornell <laughs> because that wouldn't be the same. I don't, it's really weird. Um, and I have a few black girlfriends now of, I don't feel like we have resentment towards anyone. It's more of like, it made us a lot more aware and a lot more, um, careful of how we spend our energy and then who we spend our time with. Gotcha. You know, it's funny you said Cornell, cause I have a, um, I have a cousin who is a sophomore there and she actually sounds a lot like you with her college experience right now. Really? Yeah. hmm And uh, it kind of got me thinking mm-hmm. more so. You know how, like, people call UVA the the Ivy League of the public schools? They, yep. Maybe that might be a trend within Ivy League schools, like UVA or Harvard. Oh, I don't doubt it. Mm-hmm. I know. I've heard stories from Dartmouth, but, of course, I've never gone there. So I can't, like, I can't call out schools and, like, I haven't heard anything. But I know upstate New York specifically is more of a conservative place. I, I definitely, <laughs> I refuse to go there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very interesting time. So what I'm excited about is that now being on the board of the UV club for New York is that I can still really participate and try to make a difference and be involved in our community within like this Northern sphere, because, you know, we're up here, but at the same time, um, I feel like it's just my way of staying intact and giving back without having to like run down to Charlottesville every month. There are people who do it. There are people who are like still really connected, um, who like train down. But my way is, um, I, you know, I get to speak to high school students and I'm speaking on a panel this week and it's not like a panel that's just like, you should go to UVA because it's perfect and you're going to have an amazing time. And I'm speaking to like minority, um, high schoolers. It's more of, um, I did last year was all girls. It's more of higher like level academia can be valuable because of these points. And this is what I got from it. And this is what I didn't get from it. This is what I wish I did. And if you find that at UVA and you feel that, and you really believe you can find it there, that's perfect. But if you don't, let's look at other options as well. And that's what, um, in this event is sponsored by the UVA club of New York is that I love that it's not just 100% let's go to UVA. It's also like, okay, if for some reason finances don't work for you, there are still other resources. And that's why I really We're, we're, we're inviting you down to Black Alumni we do. Weekend. We're doing a... Yeah, we're doing a... 
We're doing, uh, we're doing our podcast live down there, there, so you know, y'all we good. We want everybody to come down there and uh, show us some support, especially uh, everybody that's doing dope things. Um, I've I never know. been to Black Alumni Weekend, so this will actually be my first time. What's funny though is I was just in Charlottesville. I just stopped by. Well, I didn't stop by on purpose. I was getting gas there because I went to Richmond. I went to Richmond this week um, for a meeting, <laughs> but so we stopped by for some gas. But as far as the um, the racial uh-huh. tension experience as far as, as far as the racial tension experience um i think it was uh i think it was it it was a little different for me i think because coming up from lexington uh we have a of kentucky so it's a mm-hmm. it's a it's already high you're already watching everybody that you deal with anyway so i have a very like high i don't trust people as far as i can see them mm-hmm. you know so that's just how i am in general uh, so, you know, I think mm-hmm. that it's very high if you've never really been in that environment for sure. But for me, it was like, sometimes you, ex- you don't expect nothing less from people and it's, yeah. like, it's cool. You know, I mean, I guess that, you know, you to each its own, like I said at the beginning, everything's not for everybody. And, you know, you just got to kind of realize that this is reality. This ain't, mm-hmm. this isn't like, this isn't like some play thing. This is reality. This is what it is. So, no, I respect that for sure. We are, mm-hmm. we are, uh, you know, killing this podcast. It's going to be a great podcast. Yeah. So I think it's a whole lot, whole lot of great information. I'm going to get into this topic of the day real quick. Hey. Uh, we're going every. I want everybody to answer it quickly and precisely. Mm-hmm. And um, the question is: I know I gave Janelle. I gave Janelle okay. the uh-huh. the question of the day. I know that's not how we roll. She done. She done. She done twisted Dom's arm. You know what I'm saying? To get Dom to tell her what the what the. What the topic of the day is. You know, it's, it's all right. You twisted the right guy's arm. Oh my God. <laughs> you, his arm, you twisted the right guy's arm. When his, when his arm gets twisted, he, he breaks. I've seen it heads up. I've seen it, I've seen it many times. I've seen it many times. So I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get into a story. And no 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 listen. I thought I thought he was straight trying to play me. I was like, what is it? I was like, do you want to talk on the phone beforehand? Like, are we all gonna talk on the phone? Like, I need to be prepared. Like when I'm doing my talk show, like I know what is going on. Like I, yeah, I know the interview in. and this. Yeah, I was like, you want me just walking cold? So, I need yeah. prep. It's all we good. All, we all do it. Damn. All right. So the question of the day, guys. <laughs> question of the day like, or the topic I'm of the nervous. day is environment. <laughs> how does environment, or how do you try to use your environment mm-hmm. for you to be better? And your day to day activities. Is it important? Is it not important? I'll go ahead and give my two cents. First of all, I feel like it's very important for me to create a winning environment on my day to day for me to be as productive as possible. And what a winning environment for me is places or uh, things that I am used to being a winner in. So Dom Joe recorded me. First of all, it was fair or foul, and it's probably foul. He recorded me while I was talking to com- uh, we was having a private conversation, and he likes to put private conversations on IG story. You know, he likes to put private conversations on IG story. So whenever you're talking to Dom Joe, just treat him like he's wearing a wire. So nah, bro, you you a different hey. case, bro. You a different case. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah. No. Treat Dom Joe like he's wearing a wire. No, I, I, I would never do that. that to you. So Janelle, trust me, I would never do. That. So um, I was telling him about how I was in the gym. I'm back in the gym, and I was putting the weights on the bar. You know what I'm saying? I was putting weights on the bar. I'm not just I'm not just in the gym running on the treadmill no more. I'm I'm putting myself back in training mode. You know, back in like, and I'm not trying to train as far as like put 315 on the bar, but put a 135 or 225 on the bar and rep it for 10. 
you know, you ain't did it in a while. Get back into that. Get back into that that mindset of, you know, what I'm saying you're trying to accomplish something. I was in too. I was in too far of a relaxed mindset of, you know, I don't need to do this. But when I when I put myself back into that, oh, I hear them. I hear them weights clinging. I hear them weights clinging. You know, I'm, I, I feel a little pressure that I got to get off my chest. You know, that gives me a little bit. Of, that gives me that mindset again. Like, yo, you too relaxed. Where you're at currently. Where you're at currently is not a good place to be. Get back to where you need to be. So that's just a, that's just an example of my environment creating a different mindset, which then takes me back to where I used to be for better results. So I want you to hear how environment affects you guys. Dom Joe, go ahead and start. Go ahead, Dom. All right. I um for my environment, I always need a positive environment, um, especially for my leaders. So I have a little bit more leeway with my workers when it comes to panicking and all that stuff and like being negative. But like the people that are handling the labor when I'm not around, um, I need them to be positive and uh, like make everything look like it's on the up and up, find solutions. Like that's, that's a hardcore value of mine. Um, when I'm in the engineering firm and I'm in the office, I want people I just always want to feel like I'm winning, like you said. But I want I want people to realize the gravity of the situation, man. Because me writing all the contracts and like being on both sides of construction and the design side, things can go so wrong so quick, man. You know, one little mess up on your drawing, and we're gonna get sued. You know, so I want everybody to have some type of burden, some type of chip on their shoulder, some type of I don't know intensity. I want every I want everybody to know how important this is, and I want. What we doing to be important? The same, the same level of importance. Are you hitting your, are you hitting your hand? You know Why you saying this? Want, are you punching your hand? Are you killing? Are you killing right now? Are you killing right now? You killing me? He's beating his hand up. Nah, but for real though, man, I really need everybody. Like the way I put it, so I got we got this new intern. His name is Brandon. And he, he's he's uh he's actually working for us. He just came from community college. He's doing a little bit of design and all that. And he he's he's my kind of guy, man. Because I could put the battery in his back. I'm like Brandon. He used to play football too. So I'm like, hey, I gave him the whole. You gotta act like you coming out the smoke speech. I was like, hey, Brandon, man. All you gotta do is win the day, man. Okay, just focus on winning the day. Pay attention. Do what you do now. Lock in and win the day. Okay, Dom, I got you. You know what I'm saying? That's my kind of guy right there. You know what I'm saying? So I need everybody on that type of accord and somebody and people that just are really like, I, I got to feel like they got my back. Cause I know I got everybody's back. You know what I'm saying? So when it comes to my environment, I need somebody, I need people that's positive. I need solutions. See, see this is what happened when uh, we give people the question prehead. He got a hold of him. He done wrote down a hundred things. He's ready to get off his chest, man. Can we move? Nah, man. No, because now I want y'all to feel what I'm feeling, bro. We feel it, bro. Can we go now? You know what I'm saying? Hey, Max, go ahead, man. Say something interesting. Hey, man, look, I, I, I firmly believe that you you kind of take on, you know, the, the persona of the, the closest people you keep around you. So I always try to keep people around me who are, motivated, you know what I'm saying, entrepreneurial-minded like myself and who, who really just want to get the job done. Because, you know, when you see yourself getting out work, it's just, I guess, the athlete mentality, you know, in all of us, it's like, man, I'm not going to let this person outwork me. So, 
you keep people around and always try to better themselves. You want to make sure you better yourself to stay with them or out, outwork them really. So that's, that's what I try to keep around me is just people that I know are going to keep me working. Not, I don't want nobody around me that's just going to be like lazy or hanging around. And I'm like, well, do I really need to do this? It's like, no, nah, I want, I want people who are pushing the pedal at all times. Good job, Max. That's way to keep, that's way to keep that short, precise and to the point, Max. Silent. Uh, all right. <laughs> Janelle, how do you no use problem. environment to create uh, a successful environment or how does environment lead to your success? And your answer better be fire because you got the, the question beforehand <laughs> from Doc. Oh, that's fine. I mean, he gave it to me like five minutes beforehand. But anyway, I can, you know, I'll do what I can do. So how I use my environment is that recently, a great example, is I was applying for my master. So I was looking at um, what I had four schools, Yale, Columbia, NYU, and Brown. And what I was doing, I realized January 1st that I suddenly want to get my master's like out of nowhere. So, <laughs> I don't know why, but so I um, started applying to my schools and applications were due in like a day, like literally like two days. Um, what I realized is how resourceful I am in that I scour the internet to find people who I can interview to ask them about like ask them about their program. How do they feel that if the school actually prepared them for what they were looking for within acting, like, and then also if they're working, because that's super important. Um, and I think what it is, is that if your environment does not look like it can prepare you for your goals, you need to change your environment or you need to at least change the players that are in your environment. Um, so what I did was I was adding people to my team. So maybe I found some guy who graduated Yale and, you know, he's doing um, I found this really awesome. Um, a lot of people, no offense, but like uh, people who look like us were so supportive and just across the country, just giving me hours of their time, doing mock interviews, doing mock auditions. Um, and that's what I think is really important is that maybe you can't change where you are, but you can change the people who are around you. And I think that's kind of a lesson I learned from college, just mentioning how I took a leave of absence and of course came back to graduate, but um, it, I needed to change who was around me too. And that's what I realized just in January <laughs> of adding some people who um, also are goal oriented, just like you mentioned. And then also people who are, have, you know, like are trying to make something happen. Big facts, big facts. Janelle, we really appreciate you being <laughs> on the podcast let everybody know where they can reach you at, where they can find you at, where they can link up with you if you're in New York. Let them all know that good information. Okay. Um, I live in the Bronx, but I know how the Bronx is. So you guys can meet me in Harlem. <laughs> it's a short subway right away. Um, and I'm on Instagram at Janelle Clayton. So it's just my name at J-A-N-E-L-L-E. C-L-A-Y-T-O-N. Um, you can find me there. And then also we have a lot of good UVA alumni events in New York City happening all the time. And sometimes we travel back to UVA and host some events on grounds. So you should definitely keep in contact and I'll help you find um, who can help you out, like find places to go. Awesome. Awesome. Whoa, 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 so, whoa, 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 Janelle, Janelle, tell me about your website. Don't you have a website too? Oh, Wait, is this Don Toy? Yeah, yeah. 
I have a website and Dom was in class telling me how great my website is. And I said, how are you texting me during class? And why are you doing research on me during class? So, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great question. <laughs> hey, man, when you in class from nine to five, bro, you know what I'm saying? You can find things to do sometimes. <laughs> you got lots of things to learn. Now looking up back in my past. No, Dom found my website. <laughs> I have a website for my acting and modeling, so I try to keep that updated. And my website is just Janelle Clayton, just like Instagram, J-A-N-E-L-L-E-C-L-A-Y-T-O-N.com. Um, you can find my um, contact info there, too, and then also, like, other photo shoots and things I've been working on there, too. And also our... Um, our talk show. So that's good. Thanks, Dom. <laughs> and I swear it's going to be more fun rather than, you know, talking about intense things in like race and school all the time. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Oh my God. I'm going to go ahead and take us home. Got the gas of the week. Uh, and the gas of the week is you can't expect people to be who they aren't. So whoever they show you they are is who they are. Uh, don't try to change oh, it. Blessing. Don't try to change them. Be who you are. And just try to be great. So leopards, leopards never change their stripes. And if we sit here and change, we sit here and we try, we sit leopards here and we try. Leopards don't got stripes. Leopards don't have stripes, bro. <laughs> spots. Leopards never change their spots. Leopards, Wait a minute. Give him a chance yeah. to say it right. Thank you. Thank no. you. Thank you. Give him an opportunity. Leopards oh, are too rough. Leopards, leopards never really change their spots. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Right, let him do his job. Like, damn, come on now. You gotta do it better. At the, end of the day, at the end of the day, like I said, you can't change people. People are who they mute. are. I'm going on mute. People, people are who they are. People are who they are, guys. All right. Um, be great. We out. I'll holler at y'all next week. <laughs>